We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Monday Night Knicks. Training Camp Eve and Training Camp Eve marks the start of Knicks Media Day, which kicked off today, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to give you all highlights and reactions to Knicks Media Day 2021, another edition of Knicks Fan TV Live presented by Manscaped. If you're a diehard Knicks fan or a basketball fan, hit that subscribe button below and the notification bell so you don't miss the next episode. CP the Franchise here checking in. My guy, J.D. Sports Talk on the other side. J.D., how, how you feeling, bro, on, the, on this Monday? What's going on, bro? feel great. I feel great. Media day is here. Media day, man. Know what that means. Yeah. We're, we're one inch closer to Knicks basketball. Um, and, you know, media day is always a positive day. Everyone yeah. is feeling good about their teams. Everyone is starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this team... It's definitely uh, an interesting team. We have some some good players, returning players, some new players, and we have some newfound expectations. So I can't wait yeah. for the first first practice reports and for the first preseason game. One of the most anticipated media day, one of the most anticipated seasons in I think ten years. You know, I was talking to Alan Hahn about it, and not since maybe 2012, 13 has there been a next season that the fans are actually looking forward to. You know, with with high expectations. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but we're gonna have to see how it plays out over 82 games, bro. Yeah, and and you know, there's so many headlines with this team. I think you know, I agree with with Alan's assessment. Um, to me, is the same same thing, same year. Uh, you know, but this team specifically, you have so many headlines, so many stories with some of your the their homegrown players in terms of what's going to happen next in their development. Yeah. You're talking about some players returning from injury. You know what's going to happen there. You're talking about uh, you know a player like Mitchell Robinson who's playing under a contract. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle. Like, there's so many questions that 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 you know we're excited to find out what is going to be the end result. This is year two now of Leon Rose's tenure. So that's another storyline in terms of seeing, you know, how he is slowly building 
this team and where that's going to be headed. I think this is a very important year for him as well because, you know, with some of the decisions he made in the offseason in terms of, you know, keeping uh, status quo uh, with some of the signings that he made, it's going to be interesting to see if that was the correct move. You know, this yeah. is a year-to-year -year type thing, and you know how it is. This is a year with high expectations. So, you know, I know he's hoping that the Knicks come through, and I think they will. Well, one of the things, you know, I think the front office kind of kicked off their own media day by, by coming out on Friday and, and talking to the media. And, you know, fans were kind of surprised because, you know, the Jay from Florida's they get tight because you don't get to hear from Leon. But Leon did finally appear and, and came out. And one of the main things he said was, they, again, they went for stability. They went for continuity. Two of the things that I feel like was, was missing from this franchise for a number of years. And that's very important to me from, from a team building standpoint, from a player development standpoint, chemistry. Uh, I think, you know, that emphasis that they're putting on and laying the foundation, it was critical, man. And it was evident uh, last year. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I told you that when when we heard the news, it, it came out of nowhere that, Leon, you know, we just started seeing tweets of quotes. And I'm like, wait, wait, is, is it, am I missing something? Oh, yeah. Leon Rose is talking. That's breaking news in itself. Yep. And, you know, I think one of the uh, interesting things he said was that, you know, he he wants to create a culture and environment to where, you know, other players are going to say, oh, we want to play there. I thought that was interesting because, you know, I, I mean, we, we've speculated that that is one of the goals that they've set out as a front office um, is to, you know, change the culture. But it also tells me that, you know, he is looking ahead at yeah. remaining aggressive, um, you know, because if he's trying to set out a goal in terms of trying to be an attractive destination for other players, in my mind, what that tells me is he has his sights on his big move mm -hmm. that's probably going to define his tenure here, you know, no question. Um, I, I doubt that this will, you know, this 15 man roster right now is going to be the end result when the Knicks are in that championship contention. So I thought that was interesting that he said that. Um, and, and I thought it was very uh, positive. Some of the encouraging words he said about RJ, he was uh, very encouraged by his development. He's looking forward to Obi topping and quickly in year two, he called them gym rats. Yeah. And, and so, you know, uh, Leon Rose, I think to me, the biggest takeaway is he is still looking to remain aggressive, which tells me they they're just being patient. And he, he alluded to, you know, just wanting to make the right move and wanting to be smart. And if we look at the way some money is being was given this offseason and if we look at, you know, even some news today, it looks like every day with, you know, Robert Williams and some of these contracts that were given out this offseason. It looks like Leon Rose may have made, you know, the right move yeah. and kind of, you know, remaining with the same players and just waiting for the right opportunity to present itself. I, I think so, man. Now, one of the things that caught the fan base off guard in Leon's comments was that Mitchell Robinson still has not been cleared to play just yet. So, you know, the fan base is, is, was in a frenzy over that comment. Obviously, Rose is saying, you know, we're confident in, in Noel. We're confident in Taj. With Mitch, we're just going to have to wait and see. 
basically. We're just going to have to wait and see. So the, the reports have kind of been varying. Berman then came out and said, you know, the doctors he spoke to says Mitch should be fine. It's just a precaution. They're just kind of taking things slow with him, which I think is, is the right approach. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be ready. But, yeah, take your time, man. Make sure that Mitch is ready to go because we, we want to see him get as close to a full 82 as he can. We just know the way he's built, it, it, it's going to be a little bit difficult. So just make sure he, he's ready to go. Yeah, and I mean, I know a lot of a lot of the uh, attention early is going to be on Kemba Walker and, you know, seeing what if there is any plan of managing his minutes in game to game. We may be looking at Mitch Robinson, the younger player, getting more attention in that Facts. department because the Knicks are being extra careful. And I think a lot of it is it's just a little bit of everything. Number one. You know, he's a tall player. He's playing the center position. He's an athletic guy. You want to put him in the best position for him to have a long career. You know, even if you don't foresee him being part of the future as an organization, this is part when we talk about building relationships and having a good reputation. Part of it is also how you treat your players, even, you know, when they leave and they go to other teams. What was that experience like? So I think the Knicks number one priority for Mitch Robinson to start out is to make sure that his health is on point. And then, you know, who knows, maybe they manage him more than Kemba in terms of when you saw the way that the playoffs materialized and how we needed him then. I would have signed up for, you know, 50 games, whatever, as long as I know that I'm going to have my defensive anchor in, you know, crunch time in the playoffs, you know, I would have signed up for that. So I personally think it's just, being extra careful, um, you know, a lot of people talk about how he's just a little bit, you know, just different with his movements, um, the way that he walks and all this stuff. Is he injury prone? I don't know. But the Knicks are, in my opinion, extending extra precaution. And I guess we'll never find out what is their real relationship with him because, as you mentioned, you know, I thought it was interesting that, you know, from day one they're talking about Todd Gibson and Noel mm-hmm. and they're just putting that out there. You know, last year when they when they did that, you know, I thought it was to motivate him. Right. You know, there's a lot of talk about maturity and stuff this year. Now, is it the same thing? Are they employing the same strategy with Mitch? They want to take care of him, but I also think they want him to remain motivated so that they can get the best out of him in a contract. Yeah. And listen, I, I said this last year, media day. I said it to the fan base. I said they were concerned about the kids maturity. Everybody got on me, oh, you you don't know anything, the, the front office keeps a tight lip, blah, blah, blah. who's leaking? All right, CP told you how what it is. Alan Hahn <laughs> came on, what Alan Hahn say? It's from the neck up, is a concern. Okay, so I'm a fool. But all I know is that he's in a contract year, it's a very important year for him. He's come back, he's put the muscle on, let's make sure he's healthy from top down, you know what I mean, especially between the ears. And let's go. Mitch is my guy, man. I'm, I'm rolling on it. I'm rolling with money, Mitch. Uh, but at least we do have the depth in Noel and Taj that we can go to. We got Sims on the two-way. So uh, let, let, let's see where they go from there. So um, let's get to the sound bites. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. I want to shout out Junior Karoma. Uh, JD sends a super chat. He says, salutes CP the Don. Salute JD. Man, I need to check into some kind of therapy after the giant season. LMAO. Thank God the next season is around the corner and the Yankees are good. I'm telling you, bro. That's all. That's the only reason I'm in a good mood today, bro. Because, and we'll, and we'll, get, we'll get to the, those bums later. 
But all I got to say is I went to the Meadowlands yesterday with the intention of saluting Eli and throwing dirt on the grave of the New York Giants season, and I accomplished just that. Because I got what I expected. I got my money's worth. But we'll get to them later on and close the show. Absolute disgrace what's going on, man. But shout out, Junior. Nevertheless, J.D., let's get to uh, media day. And, and Julius was first up, man. So let's hear Julius's comments uh, to start off. I'm going to go to Julius's comments. He was asked about the uh, the Hawks series, about what he learned from the Hawks series. So let's hear what uh, Julius has to say here. Uh, I mean, it was a good experience. Uh, it was fairly a simple series that, uh, you know, I felt like, uh, for me particularly, just overcomplicated it. How is your offseason? Did you do anything differently? I know you have- and, and just make sure I get the work that I need to get done. Well, hey, Bill, when you said you um, it was kind of overcomplicated that Atlanta what do you mean by that? Uh, just going back, watching the film. Uh, I, like, I just felt like it was a lot of simpler things that, you know, I could have made the game way more simple. Uh, and part of that just was me being me, uh, putting a lot on my shoulders and, and uh, you know, not making a moment bigger than what it was, but uh, just me, you know, wanting to, to be great in that moment. So, um, like I said, I, I just felt like I overcomplicated looking back at the film. It was simple. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to, you know, be in that position again. So he said he, he overcomplicated things, J.D. It was a simple series. He just overcomplicated things. Uh, what what you think about Julius's comments there in the Hawks series? think it was you know uh the comment that he said when he said uh i wanted to be great in that moment mm-hmm. him saying that it, it goes to show you how in that moment um you know he was he wanted to be the savior like he wanted to be the guy you know you're talking about a guy that all season had the team on his shoulders you know had all the accolades um was getting all, all all the praise and you know it was a big moment for the franchise that's a lot of weight on your shoulders um going into a series that you know many people wanted that matchup yeah and so um i think you know when the season's over he's thinking i've had a great year now it's time to you know put the cherry on top and let me perform in the playoffs and he wanted to continue that and be the guy and and you know listen some players, you know, they're in a situation like Julius, who's our, who, who's our best player, and he probably wanted to elevate into that status. Everybody, you know, when the playoffs comes, is that moment. Everybody thinks about that. It becomes more mental, in my opinion. And I think there you could tell that once he had that first bad game, everything else in his mind was still there. And that's when the whole overcomplicated things come into play next because – you have a team that schematically uh, strategize it against you. And here is Julius still thinking about, you know, I want to be the guy. I want to be great. Sometimes yeah. when you think you think the game too much, you you're out there and you're playing five guys on the other court. But somehow they look like six or seven yeah. <laughs> because you have so much going in your mind. And I think um, him acknowledging that to me is a positive acknowledging it from day one and letting everyone know, listen, I overcomplicated things. I wanted to be great. Um, and to me, that's a positive sign because he is identifying where he felt he was short in the, in the playoffs. And he's hoping to, to, to turn that around this season. And he said, he's looking forward to getting another opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully this season, he owned up to it. You know, he, he owned up to it. He choked. Let, let's just keep it a buck. He choked. 
Uh, I was I was I was there from games one through four. I had a great seat in one and two where I could literally see his face, his facial expressions from beginning to end. And uh, you know, I wasn't encouraged, bro. From the first quarter, I'm like, he he don't look right. You know, he looked out of sorts. I thought the crowd really took the whole team out of out of sync. You know, really. I mean, you went from having two thousand fans in the stands to twenty two thousand. The, the building was was upside down and electric, bro. So I thought the pressure was a lot for him. Combine that with the fact that, let's face it, Nate McMillan's game plan was great against the Knicks because all of the hard shots that Julius hit during the regular season, and he was in his bag. Let's let's keep it a buck. He won that most improved player. His shooting off the bounce was electric, okay? 24 points a game, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Nate McMillan said, you know what? We're going to live with those. Make or miss, we'll live with those. We know Noel's not going to hurt us. They shadowed him with Capello, which was an excellent game plan. And they made the rest of the team beat us. And we just did not have, compounded the fact that Julius was was bricking, we didn't have enough shot makers. We had Rose, we had Burks in game one, and that was it. We had nothing else. So I wouldn't, you know, for for him to say it was simplistic, I mean, look, I, I can't question, you know, what he saw out there because obviously he's playing. But from the outside looking in, to me, we, we, we lost to a well-oiled machine. So I, don't, I wouldn't say it was all simplistic. I think they, they were just a better team. But nevertheless, right. the point is for him to rebound from it. Players had bad playoff series in, the, in their debut. I think he's a guy that, that continues to work, continues to get better, and I, I hope he capitalizes on it. Right. And, and, you know, another thing he mentioned is you know one of the things he's worked on is is just playing faster and making quicker decisions. I think a lot of Nick fans are happy to hear that uh, because not only as a personal thing in terms of him getting better as an individual player, but he's going to have to show that with this new roster, you know, um, with playing with Kemba, playing with Fournier. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to have to play faster. He's going to have to make quicker decisions. Because now you're trying to develop that chemistry with, you know, two new starters and, and, and you know, the team returning. Um, and, you know, as some of the other comments that came through, the Knicks want to shoot more threes. They're looking to shoot more yeah. threes this year. So, you know, you look at that and you look at Randall, I, I believe he's still going to be in many situations where teams are still going to double him um, because, you know, if he if he is if he duplicates this season, at the end of the day, he's a key component to a defense. If you're right. defense, if you're if you're strategizing against the Knicks and Randall is playing like he did last season in the season, he is still the guy that you want to stop. Yeah. And in the end, you probably want to say, well, we're gonna we're gonna let the Knicks beat us with jump shots. We're gonna let them. We're gonna force them to shoot more threes. Tibbs is a guy that they say they want to shoot more threes. We're gonna force them to. Um, so that'll be very important for him. I'm looking forward to seeing if he actually does improve in making quicker decisions. And I think that's why he probably said it was a simple series because he's probably looking at it, you know, the way that he was double teamed. Everybody that's watching on TV, it looks easy. Like, hey, just give it to that guy or pass yeah. it to the open guy. And that's probably how he saw it. So, right. uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, some of the improvements in year two. It's a very, very a critical year for him, in my opinion. Big time, big time. And you spoke about losing uh, Bullock and Peyton. Here's Julius on on uh, losing those guys and the acquisition of Kemba and Reggie Bullock. Kemba and Evan come in and 
in particular what they bring offensively? Yeah, uh, obviously losing Elford and, and, and losing Reggie, those are two huge pieces uh, for us last year. Uh, they did a lot for our team. Um, you know, those guys had the toughest assignments on defense every night. Um, and, and they were tremendous for us. Uh, and not only that, they were great teammates. Those guys were like brothers to me. So it was, it was tough losing them. Uh, you know, Evan and Kemba, those are guys that you really got to account for um, on that offensive end. Uh, they can shoot and score the ball uh, and make plays. Um, and, our, and our biggest thing is we have to continue to lock up every night uh, and play defense. So I'm excited about them. Uh, they're obviously two experienced veteran players um, who have accomplished a lot in this league. And um, I think they'll be great for us. All right, so with the additions of Kemba and Fournier, like you said, man, they want to shoot the, the three ball more. That That's Tibbs' emphasis. Actually, that was D. Rose that said that. But, um, I mean, just automatically just having Kemba and Fournier on the team, you're going to expect them to take more no matter what the scheme is next year. Yeah, and, you know, I thought it was uh, – he showed uh, a lot of class and support of his uh, former teammates saying that they were huge, you know, uh, players and 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 losses, um, and you know, obviously giving credit to new players. But I I actually like that he gave a lot of props to, you know, Bullock and Alfred Payton. He understands, you know, a lot of the heat that Payton caught from from Knicks Nation. Um, but he also realizes that they were a big part of his season too. Like that was the team that, you know, had a big year. Like we're we're in a position today, part in large part with their contributions at some point of this uh, uh, in the season, especially Reggie Bullock. So I like that from him. Um, you talk about, you know, Randall being a leader. I like that he showed class and he showed support. Um, and, and you know, he's excited about the new players. And it's that's going to be one of the first things I'm looking for is how does Randall mesh with Kemba and Fournier? These are two other ball handlers, two players that can facilitate, two players that at times are going to have the ball in their hands and they're going to, you know, make plays. And, yeah. How does Randall fit into that in terms of spots on the court? Mm -hmm. Will they play more pick and roll? Will he pick and pop or will he pick and roll to the basketball with Kimba? There's a lot of interesting dynamics here. And I think, you know, he's excited to see, you know, how that plays out. So, so are we. Yeah, the, the chemistry is going to be one to watch, no doubt about it. Because as you said, with, with Kimba and Fournier, you now have two guys who can create on their own and and are gonna you know command a bit higher usage especially Kemba so you know how does that impact where Julius is as you said on the floor the the overall chemistry of the offense I mean you would think with these two guys being veterans you know it, it, they shouldn't skip a beat but I think there will be some growing pains maybe in the beginning you know to make sure everybody's on the same page so gonna be interesting to see how how Tibbs manages it how Julius manages it and, and Kemba as well all right so that was Julius on Kemba and Fournier. What's there? Julius was asked about the uh, the minutes, leading the league in minutes. He was leading the league with about, I think, about 36 minutes a game. So uh, let's hear what he had to say there. You know, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, you know, it's, it's whatever Tibbs needs for me, um, and, and that's what I'm willing to do. I think that, you know, what I, what I put my body through in, um, in the summer and the training that I do, uh, allows me to do that. So uh, it didn't bother me at all last year. Um, and, you know, how I continue to take care of myself and the maintenance that I do on day to day in the season as well, uh, in all season. Um, so, you know, I'll be ready for whatever he needs me to do. We'll take two more. 
No issues on the minutes restriction. I don't, I don't, I don't know a player in the NBA, JD, that complains about too many <laughs> minutes, though. You, you know what I mean? I mean, on it, well, I, actually, I'll take that back because Jimmy Butler, when he was with Minnesota, there were some rumblings that he was a little bit, you know, concerned with the heavy minutes usage. He was on, he quoted as saying, no, this is crazy or something to that nature in terms of his playing time. So I, t- I take that back. You know, there were players that played on the tips that did have an issue with it. Jeff Teague as well in Minnesota, but Julius seems to be all right with it. Yeah. And I mean, listen, he signed a new contract, so you better not worry about minutes. Right <laughs> yeah, facts, <laughs> you're, facts. you're locked and loaded. You're good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Jimmy Butler was heading towards the latter end, you know, so sometimes players, you know, it's a business. So you, you, you're juggling business also with performance and, you know, listen, Randall will be 27 on November 29th. Uh-huh. So he's about to enter his prime and, you know, he probably, he probably understands that this season, if everything goes well and the team is healthy, I don't know that he'll play exactly the same amount of minutes. But then yet again, it is Tom Thibodeau. Tibbs will be looking to win. Yeah. And he is, you know, he is our best player. So um, I think it's more of now a mindset thing with him. Um, you know, he had that first experience last year. And he's he was relatively healthy, you know. So yeah. That's why I actually do believe him because he's had that experience. He came out well. Um, and now he's going into year two with with Thibodeau. And he's probably thinking, hey, listen, I got the new contract. I'm feeling good. Got the financial set up. I got new players. So the roster improved. This is year two. There's more expectations. He's probably looking at it from a leader standpoint. We talk a lot about his relationship with Kobe in the past mm-hmm. and, and him improving that, getting some mental toughness. So I think it's just for him, it's just a mental thing. Mental thing. He's just mentally preparing himself. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the Knicks, I, I would, you know, just here and there. In other words, like like there were situations last year, CP, where we're up 16 with like two minutes to go and Randall's still out there. Like, yeah, like yeah. try to save a few minutes here and there as much as you can. Yeah. That's all I've yeah, no, that's that's fair. That that is fair, man. There there would be some times where you just like, you know, the game is out of reach one way or the next. What is the point? You know, save him a couple of minutes here or there. We now going into an eighty two game season, rather seventy two. It was a shortened off season, which he also spoke about in the media day session, just trying to keep his body right during a shortened off season. So, you know, those are certainly things to consider. Embrace the depth, Tibbs. You know, the OB Hive is out there right now, JD. The OB Hive is trying to figure out a way to get that guy in the game. So we'll, we'll see what happens, man. But I think he'll, he'll you know, still be at the top of the league. He's our guy. He's our workhorse. And, and Tibbs is going to treat him as such. Let me ask you a question. Do you think because uh, in the playoffs, there were some rumblings, in, you know, not, you know, within the Knicks fan base. Hmm. Some people said maybe it was fatigue. Did he run out of gas? Was it physical? Yeah. Like, so do you think it was more physical and maybe there there is something to it um, in terms of the minutes and it, and it caught up to him? Or was it just, you know, everything else you said in terms of we just played a better team, the crowd, the mental thing? Yeah. Do you think it was more mental or physical with him in terms of his performance? I, I think I think it was more mental, man. I think every, every player at that stage is, has gone through the grind. You know what I mean? It, it's hard to really say whether it was a physical thing when he's when he played 71 out of 72 games. He only missed the one game with the thigh contusion, which was an accidental thing. You know, Peyton ran into him and he missed the game. I will say that I felt like the West Coast trip late in the season, I think it did hurt us, man. I think the push 
for to make the fourth seed, which included the West Coast trip and then coming back to play Charlotte, the Spurs, and then finishing with the Celtics. I, I, I think I, I think it, it did take a toll on the team, honestly. I still think the Hawks are better. I don't think we would have won either way. But I think that that late push, especially that Laker game, man, going into overtime, you came back, Rose couldn't even make it to uh, for the first game back at a home stretch. I think that did. I think that that did some damage for sure. Yeah, I, I agree, and and that's why I, that's why I, I believe you know I believe him when he said today that you know he's ready, uh, he's not worried about it. Uh, you know, shout out to Ashley. Ashley asked him you know in, in her interview with him, and she joked with him and said, "You know, Tibbs is not going to rest you." So he had a laugh and he said he's ready yeah. for it. So, um, I yeah, I agree with you, and I do believe it was more uh, mental and. You know, let's see. Let's see what happens this season. Let's see, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CPJD Sports Talk here. Reacting to the highlights of media day. I see Ice Water and Fredo waiting on the lines. We're going to get to them. We're going to get to the phone calls. Uh, we're going to go to RJ next. But before we do so, JD, we got to find out who's coming with us to the Knicks home opener against the Spurs. The official tickets for the Knicks Fan TV, Knicks Omni Fan event are sold out. We sold over 100 tickets. We kept reading up. People kept coming. We ran out. People asked for more. We got more. We ran out. People asked for more. We got more. And then we ran out again. So, what ended up happening is, my guys at Forzano Law said, CP, we want in on the action. We're going to send four Knicks fans to the game, to the home opener on October 20th. We're going to send them to your pregame show, the pregame party hosted by yourself, the girls of Knicks OmniFan and JD Sports Talk at Mustang Harry's. And then we're going to go to the garden to watch the game. They're going to be eligible for exclusive prizes and giveaways, including... An autographed Julius Randle basketball, most improved player, signed by the man himself. Authentic, no Fulton Street knockoffs, with the case and everything. A fantastic deal. So what you guys need to do to enter is go to KnicksFanTV.com. You're going to see the pop-up for the home opener. Sign up, and that's it. We're going to announce the winners after the Knicks versus Pacers game on October 5th on the edition of Knicks Post Game Live. So make sure you sign up for it. Don't miss it. That is once again sponsored by my guys at Forzano Law Firm, personal injury attorneys, and Knicks fans, if you guys have been injured in a car accident, construction accident, slip and fall, trip and fall, nursing home incident, my guys at Forzano Law can help you on the road to monetary uh, compensation. Ask for my guys, Anthony or David. Call them up, 718 372 one three nine seven. You're gonna get a free consultation and free representation unless you get paid. You can also go to forzanolaw.com for a 24-hour live assistant. And if you want to go to the office in person, it's 271 Avenue U in Brooklyn. That's one block away from the F train. So once again, shout out my guys Anthony and David from Forzano Law, personal injury attorney, uh, diehard Knicks fans, and uh, shout out to them for sponsoring this exclusive. Giveaway, so make sure you guys go and sign up. All right, so we did Julius. Let's uh, let's hear from Broadway. Let's hear from Broadway Barrett next on his media day. I I, I gotta I gotta ding the team on, on this media day fiasco though, JD. One of the most anticipated seasons <laughs> in history, and not one tweet, not one uh, 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 bat signal, one shout out. As to where the fans could watch it. No one knew. 
Everyone's on Twitter like, where is it? Where is it? It's not on the Knicks YouTube. It's not on Knicks Fan TV. We weren't invited. Separate issue. Finally, by the time it's a half hour into it, it's on ESPN. Not one notification of where to find the press conference, one of the most anticipated seasons of all time. Can't make it up, bro. They, they, they were having such a great offseason, yeah. the PR team. I even tweeted them out um, after the Kimba press conference. Yeah. I thought it was an outstanding job that they did, uh, the way that they handled everything there. And, yeah. you know, they've stepped up their game. And then today we have to find out through some tweet that, you know, you found and you retweeted, and that's the only way we found out. Dropped the ball, man. <laughs> Completely dropped the ball, man. But that, that's that's another thing for another day. Sour grapes. It's just a little small thing. You know what I'm saying? Just a little thing. But right. This yeah. is what happens, CP, when expectations go up, right? Yeah. Like, you pay attention to everything. Yeah, that's we're what we're attention. doing now. The fans, we're looking all over the place. The last place we thought we'd have to go look was ESPN 3, the Ocho. You know what I'm saying? All to dig for this thing. But nevertheless, that that was their choice. It, it is what it is. All right, so so here was RJ's media session, and he was asked about uh, you know what he what he thought about the in, incoming team. So let's hear from RJ. I think that you could definitely feel that there's been a there's been a base, there's been a foundation set, and uh, just trying to build off that. You know, uh, we're we're a team that we have our head down and we just work. So if we continue to do that, then you know the outcome will usually be okay. With your offseason. Really just working on my shooting, just working on, you know, threes and certain shots uh, that I need to be able to hit. Um, so, yeah, just, just being able to kind of recreate what I did last year and, um, and add on to that. All right, so he once again talked about JD, the foundation. You know, this is the this is the culture here, man. Leon is preaching, Tibbs is preaching. The organization is on the same page. You know, RJ talked about laying that foundation, that culture, the stability is very important. But he also spoke on the fact that what he's working on, uh, the shots that he couldn't hit in the past, i.e., the pull-ups, the pull-up jumpers, shooting off the bounce, shooting off the dribble. Very important. In fact, going into the season, he shot effective field goal percentage of 35% on pull-ups on 2.7 attempts. In the playoffs, it was 60, but it was only one attempt a game. So, I mean, that that's really a low no low number. Catch and shoots, on the other hand, 60% effective field goal percentage on four attempts. In the playoffs, 37% on 5.4 attempts. So... Kind of gives you an idea of, of the struggles um, on, on both categories of shooting for RJ throughout the season and the playoffs. But off the dribble is really uh, where he wants to take that next leap, man. And we've seen it. We, we've seen it all summer from him, from the Olympics to the workouts. That's what he's working on, man. And, and he's been looking pretty decent. Hopefully he can translate into the game. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm confident that he's going to show improvement. Um, in in areas that he is still, you know, in areas that he's still looking to improve. And I mean, the biggest sign of that, and it's the only sign that I can go for, is what he just did last year, you know, from his rookie season. I mean, he made outstanding jumps, you know, from the free throw line, from the three-point line. Everywhere you look, he made 
a you know he made a big leap statistically from year one to year two, and you know last year as a twenty year old, a lot of his weakness was the shooting, and for him to make those jumps and go from thirty two percent three point shooting to forty percent, you know from forty to forty four, and at the free throw line from sixty one to seventy four percent, you're asking a twenty year old to do that in year two. Usually CP shooting. It's not something that someone improves that much in just one off season. It's it, it's it, it's a gradual thing for a player that doesn't have that as a strength. So that indicates to me that one, he has a good program. He has a good trainer. Shout out to Drew Hanlon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wants to be great. Like he wants to get better. So I think he has all the tools and qualities to continue to ascend. Um, and he looks like he's looking forward to it. I loved you know, one quote that he said that got me really excited is when he said, being a two-way player is something I've always strived for. It's how I want to be known. I'm all for the challenge and I won't back down. It's how I want to be known. Mm-hmm. That tells you that this is a personal goal of his. You, when you talk about Kawhi, you talk about Paul George, you talk about a lot of these players that are known as two-way players. It's exciting for a Nick fan that your own homegrown talent is also looking at defense. He's looking at the other side of the court and he wants to become elite. And guess what, CP? When you look at this roster construction, he may need to be elite because we we no longer have Reggie Bullock. We no longer have Alfred Payton, who I know he gets a lot of flack, but he was still 6'4", and you could still play matchups. RJ is going to have to step up and take some of those tough defensive assignments. And I, I love his mentality and attitude going into it mm-hmm. as a 21-year-old. I can't 21. believe I'm saying that. Uh, absolutely, man. And, yeah, that, <laughs> and that was – And yeah. he showed this young side. You know, he sh- he shows a lot of maturity. He's very level-headed. But he showed this young side walking out of the podium. And if you saw it, he yeah. said, oh, my God, once he saw Kemba, which goes to show you that, you know, this he's still young and mm-hmm. he's still living the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was starstruck by Kemba. You know, who knows? That could have been the first time he – saw Kemba you know Kemba came in the offseason and these guys are in different cities working out today might have been the first time he met Kemba so I thought that was also interesting it showed his 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 youth and I thought I thought that was good true story true story yeah that that was actually the second soundbite on the defense is what I was going to go to so I'll skip that but uh, yeah look the the tough assignments is going to be his man and we talked about in the division you know Harden KD uh, whether Simmons is there or not, Tobias Harris, you know, you, you have the Jalens, you have Brown, you have Tatum, just in the division alone, you have, you know, who's going to be on Siakam and, and Scotty Barnes, who, who showed out in the uh, in the summer league. I mean, you go on and on and on through throughout the East and the West, you know, the wings, he's, he's going to have to guard those guys. And, and on the other side, uh, hopefully we're looking for a bit uh, more evolution in his game, you know, continuing on the, the upward momentum from his sophomore season when, when he shot the lights out of the ball, man. I think he was one of the best three-point shooters in the league in the second half. He shot about 45% from three. So after starting 0 for 20 from downtown, I mean, remember that terrible start, man. After that game in Toronto, that New Year's Eve game, it was just uh, despair and depression, man, because we, we just thought that, this kid is the same as his rookie year, and, and he's just not going to get better. But he, he really turned it around. And I just thought it was interesting just reading uh, uh, Vork's article in The Athletic when he spoke about the fact that, you know, Fisdale was really the one who changed RJ's shot. 
in his rookie season. They didn't like the way he came in and the adjustments that he and Hanlon made. And so maybe that attributed to the lousy shooting performance in the rookie year. They throw Fisdale out of there like Jazzy Jeff. He goes back in the lab with, 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 uh, with, with, with Drew Hanlon. And now all of a sudden he's on the money again. So yeah, very interesting, man. Player development. Player development, bro. And, and yeah, and if that if that is in fact one of the reasons, then that just gets me more. First of all, it just it frustrates me more, yeah. and it goes to show you about the Fisdale era. But it also gets me excited about the future because if it was a mechanical thing, then that means he's only had one year in this, you know, under these new mechanics. Right. You know, if it goes to show you the Fisdale era, if it was in fact the mechanics of the shooting. But that also gets me excited about, you know, year two under these newfound mechanics, because that means that last year he was shooting um, with, you know, some adjustments to his shooting mechanics. And now he's going into year two. So it actually gets me excited about yeah, but year two under these. Oh, I got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It gets me it gets me excited about, you know, the future of of his development. For sure. And even even before, you know, the Toronto stuff, you remember. You remember the preseason game against the Pistons when he shot that air ball? Yeah. And yeah. he started like 0 for 4 and everybody was already tweeting on Twitter. Mm-hmm. RJ has started this and you show the videos going viral of that air ball that he mm-hmm. shot from three and everybody was calling him a bust and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, G League. You know, <laughs> G League and all Cleveland. this. It was wild. So, you know, let, let, let's, let, let's, let, let's relax a little bit as we see, the, you know, this preseason. You know, a lot of these players are going to go into that first game preseason to work on some stuff. So, but I, I'm excited about RJ, man. I love his mentality. I love his mindset. And hey, I, I, I and you were talking about the wing players. I also think one guy that he has circled on his calendar is DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. during that series, if you watch closely, they were talking a lot of trash to each other. DeAndre yeah. Hunter was talking a lot to him every time he made a basket. DeAndre Hunter made a lot of tough baskets on RJ. Yeah, it's a tough and, matchup for him. Right. And so, you know, he's talking about getting better on defense. I'm sure, you know, we talk about the rivalry and all those, you know, all that stuff. I'm sure he can't wait to yeah, play yeah. the Hawks and, 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 and kind of get, you know, some revenge there. And, and so, they go back to the ACC, man. They go back to the yeah. ACC, Virginia Duke Day. So I'm sure RJ's memory is not short when it comes to, to DeAndre Hunter, man. That's also a, a, a matchup that he wants, man. No doubt about it. Good points. All right, let's go to so we went through RJ. That was that was really the, the bulk of uh, RJ's highlights. It's just talking about what he's working on the foundation, and then just wanting to be a, a two way player, as JD said. So let's go to D Rose. Let's get RJ up out of there. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. CPJD Sports Talk in the building. If you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new. And we'll shout you guys out. Just going through the media day highlights, the sights and sounds, and reacting to it. Okay, so we did RJ. <clears throat> What's up? All right, let's get to D Rose. Now D Rose was uh, was very good. I think I think D Rose started off started the um, the media day session. So let's hear D Rose on on his off season and wanting to come back to the Knicks. Uh, yeah, right after the season, uh, kind of like disconnected from like everyone because. This was the first time I disconnected in a way I didn't have my phone. Um, I ended up breaking my phone and I went like two months without a cell phone. So um, I let my agent and my brother 
handled everything. I felt like it was family here, so I didn't have to worry about anything. Of course, they knew I would want to come back. Um, I think we talked to like some other teams, but of course, we heard um, New York out first, and it just sounded right, and that's why I signed back so quick. All right, so spent the off season uh, out of the matrix, man. But uh, said it just felt right, just felt right to come back to New York, man. I'm, listen, we, I'm glad he was back. You know, we did the free agency show, and as all the dominoes fell off the board, it was like, all right, well, we need D Rose, man. We we, we need D Rose because Lowry's gone, you hear Lonzo's gone, and that was it. I mean, those are the your top point guards off the board already. So it was it was vital for him to be back here, bro. And he keeps it so real, man. <laughs> he talking about he disconnected yeah. his phone for two months. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I appreciate about Derrick Rose. He, like, you know, you listen to him. You, you know, as you as we watch him day to day, he, that's just who he is. You know, he tells you uh, how he feels. He's brutally honest a lot of the times. And I thought it was interesting. That tells you what his mindset was going into the offseason. It was pretty straightforward. He wanted to be back with the Knicks, and he was just going to take some times himself and hey if it didn't work out then he would have pursued other options so um you know it's it's interesting as a guy that's you know from chicago and and another story franchise that you know he ends up here at the on the knicks for a second time and and how you know i'm just happy for him personally like how it's worked out better the second go around than the first one a lot of expectations you you know the whole injury stuff yeah Remember you the, know, the like, franchise turned on him when when he left, man, and a lot of people didn't want him back for leaving after that. And I was like, ah, oh, that's a little, that's a little chaotic. I mean, first of all, Steve Mills was still in charge. I would have left if I was, it was everyone on the team. So I'm not gonna put that on him. You know what I mean? He went through a little thing, but yeah, a lot, of, you know, a lot of people did turn on him. But it was good to see him kind of resurrect on the second tour for sure. Absolutely, and you know, he, you know, he. He said a lot of interesting things, and I know we're gonna have to tread lightly here. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Because you know, you know that you know there's a lot of Rose fans yes. here. So yes, we. You know what quote I'm talking yeah, about? Yes. So the Rose Hive is watching. So nevertheless, let's get to the question that he was asked in regard to um the starting point guard. Let's get to it. Always been a, a grimy, feisty guard, New York guard. Always been competitive, and. He's a dog, so like having him along on the team, like who wouldn't want Kemba walk on their team? Like you'll be a fool not to. How do you see the minutes in the starting situation? And you really excelled off the bench last season, but how do you view that situation? Oh, he's starting. Um, he's starting, and I'm doing whatever it takes to like just change the game. I'm not worried about minutes or. Um, yeah, playing time or anything like that. I know Tibbs is going to handle that, but I feel like we got a deep team. Um, we got guys at multiple positions that can, um, that's versatile, that could switch um, one, two, two, one to three. Um, you got guys that that selfless. Like, I feel like we got a deep team. Uh, you have to get him that stage. You know what I'm saying? Like being a kid that's from here, and uh, you have to give them the opportunity. It's not nothing that we're like fighting for a spot. My job is to fill in whenever um, he don't feel it or whatever the case may be. But I just have to stay ready. It's nothing like we're competing for anything. No, like I'm cool with backing Kemba up. 
So, hey, so he, he's relinquished the starting spot to Kemba. I know the Rose Hive is in there heavy. I know they're in there. I know they're on Twitter. They've been taking shots at the kid for a number of weeks. Oh, 1,000 in the chat. They got to be in here. They're in <laughs> there. If you're in the Rose Hive, throw some roses in the chat right now because we know we're in here. Nevertheless, J.D., he, he, he said what we thought. Kemba's going to start. But but in all honesty, all jokes aside, I feel like, you know, and somebody had mentioned, said this to me on Twitter when the tweet came out this morning. You know, they said for a guy who can still play at a high level and, and contributed so much to this team, you know, the way he's handling the situation is, is, is very admirable, man. It's, it's no egos with Derrick Rose, man. He just wants to come in, fit in, and help this team win. And I think that that's dope. That's real dope. It's leadership, honestly. I mean, and when you look at, you know, some of the players, other stars, Carmelo's and, you know, some other stars yeah. around the NBA in history where they tell you, CP, like the most difficult part of, you know, Dwayne Wade said it, like a lot of these players, when they're no longer that guy, mm-hmm. the most difficult part for them is just relinquishing like those responsibilities, that mindset of, you know, now I'm going to play a different role. Now I'm going to come off the bench. Now I'm going to go into a different phase of my career that is just new for me and that I have to accept. You know, it's about putting your ego at the door. And when you look at, you know, part of Rose's, I guess, reinvention of his career, you know, in addition to the physical aspect in terms of him understanding where he can be effective now at this point in his career, not having the explosiveness and athleticism that he once had, it's also the mental side, being the, you know, the leadership side, the, yep. the, being a teammate. And, you know, you talk about just being honest, like day one for media day, you know, a lot of players, the ego side of it, even if they know it, when they out in the media and public, they never say it. You know, like any other player would just say, you know, listen, if if it's starting, if it's been, you know, if it's off the bench, I'm ready to play, whatever the coach needs me to do. And Rose said, no, Kemba's a starter. Mm-hmm. I'm coming off the bench and I'm going to be ready for any situation that this team needs. I mean, that that that's outstanding. Um, and you see why he was one of the important ingredients to last season. When we talk about winning basketball, you know, these are the things that we don't see is part of those leadership qualities in the locker room. And you see why, you know, him and Thibodeau have had such a close relationship and why I felt he was an important signing even at this stage of his career because he's still effective and he's understanding where he can be, he can contribute to winning basketball. And I mean, there's nothing much more I can say to that, man. Salute to him. Yeah. I'm just happy. I'm happy he's back, and I'm happy he's a Nick, and I, I'm hoping that he's healthy so that he can show and continue to, you know, build off yeah. a great year last year with the Knicks. Selfless, man. Selfless. You know, uh, coming. You know, being a leader. Talk spoke more about that. You know, being a leader and getting to know each player personally so he could be honest with his critique. He said even Taj. You know, even Taj being on that level with them, with him, even though they they've gone away back. But, um, yeah, just an absolute selfless thing by him. He was clearly the X factor in this team, you know, locking down the, the, that four seed. It was funny how he said he, he didn't even feel like part of the core. You know, he felt like the, the team already had something established in the first half of the season. He just came in and did what he had to do. But I thought 
he he's right in the sense that yes, that team did establish themselves. The defense had established themselves, but I didn't think it was going to be sustainable without him. You know what I'm saying? I really didn't think this team was going to maintain that uh, without him. That's why I, I I didn't I was like indifferent on the trade because I didn't think this team was going to continue to to compete at a high level through the second half of the season and through the West Coast gauntlet. But he came and and they they were even better because of him. So again, you know, give give credit to him there, and and his leadership is certainly on display. And uh, I don't know if they're gonna name captains, but he he's certainly uh, you know uh, showing himself to be one in that locker room. So and and, and, and one out. quick thing: um, how many times do we you know as we evaluated Rose? And again, I know there's a lot of Rose. You know, you have Rose fans that feel he should be the starter. Uh-huh. Like it's just a fact. Like there's a lot of Rose fans, and I'm a Rose fan too, but you know, I just look at the way that the Pistons managed him. I mean, he was with the Pistons, CP. He was coming off the bench. He was okay with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't understand why it, it's such a bad thing now to some fans if a guy is just coming off the bench. I mean, Rose, you know, when we talk about lineups, Rose may be one of those guys that's finishing games. He could very well close. I was just going to say that. He could very well close. You might have him and Kemba closing. Who knows what what Tibbs is thinking? You know what I'm saying? He could very well close these games. So, so, you know, and again, a lot of credit to him because he's Derrick Rose. I mean, I know he's looking at Kemba, but, you know, he has his own accolades. I would say he's a bigger name than Kemba. He's more revered around yeah, NBA circles sure, and NBA players uh, than Kemba. And for him to put his ego at the door and say he's the starter and doing it from day one. I mean, when we, when we look at, you know, Kemba, Randall, Rose, you know, there, there's, there's some names here. And when you talk about building chemistry, one of the things that's going to be important from day one so that they can build that chemistry is for everyone to understand their roles roles, and and check their ego at the door. Roles. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, 1,000%, bro. It hit the nail on the head. So um, that that was basically Rose's media day highlights. And then, as we said earlier, he spoke about the fact that uh, the team overall wants to shoot more threes. And I think that'll come automatically by just having Kemba and Fournier on the team. Obviously, quickly, year two, you know, Burks knows he knows what to do. He knows to light it up. And Rose was very efficient, was very efficient from the field last year. So I I think that'll continue, man, because it's, you know, I don't think this team is going to lead the league in three-point attempts, but they certainly found their opportunities to get quality threes and high percentage shots. And I think that'll continue with Julius creating, Kemba creating, Fournier facilitating as well, getting out in transition as well, and having guys that can hit those shots in transition. So I think just by having uh, an, an improvement on the roster, I think they'll improve on, on their three-point attempts as, as well. So uh, I don't really to worry about that. I thought it was interesting, CP. He, you know, um, he mentioned 37 to 40 uh, three-pointers that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. They shot, if that that is the mark we're going to use, 37 at at a minimum. Mm -hmm. Last year, you know how many games the Knicks shot 37 threes? Only nine games. Only nine games. So that goes to show you, you know, where they're looking to do, you know, improve on. Only nine games they shot at least 37 threes last season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was interesting. And in games that they shot 34 threes or more, they were 12 and nine. <clears throat> so let's see how they do, man. I, You know, it also goes to show you that Tibbs is, um, 
<clears throat> maybe adapting to to you know the the way that the NBA is being played today. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of pe- people thought that we needed to shoot more threes. Mm-hmm. And so let's see let's see how that goes this season. I'm I'm encouraged by them shooting more threes. I, I hope they don't go too crazy. Yeah, but you know. Uh, them understanding that listen, we have Kemba, we have Fournier, we're gonna have to kind of open up the, the floor a little bit more, space it out, shoot more threes, continue to shoot the corner three, which is a high emphasis in Tibbs' system. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, let's see how that how that works out for them. And Rose, Rose was a you know shot pretty well last year from three. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. I want to shout out my guy HP Carlos checking in from Portugal. Olivia Thomas team hashtag new Olivia. How you doing? Shout out Caleb Christian team hashtag new. What's going on? Uh, Mike Maldonado says the new Squarespace logos doo doo. Yeah, that's another thing. Another one of the, the, these this media day pet peeves of mine, man. Not pet peeves, but just you know thumbs down. The Squarespace advertising, it seems like they, they doubled down, JD. Last year was it was alright. You know, I was I've been totally against advertising on the uniforms, but obviously this is capitalism. You expect it. It is what it is. You came with a nice subtle double S logo last year. Alright, you can deal with it. Now it's the full you know, my people at Squarespace is probably like, no, people don't know who we are. Now they'll know. It's full Squarespace. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't do it, man. I'm not with it, bro. Uh, yeah, I, and I mean, is this a sign of where things are headed? Because I think that's yeah. even worse, you yeah. know. This, and, and I wonder, like, is this is this like is this Squarespace's new logo? Is this just something that they decided? Hey, we're just gonna <laughs> blow it up. Put, you know what I mean? Like, what, what is going on here? I don't I don't understand. I don't know, bro. Come on, man. Like like you got the Knicks jersey. It looks crisp, and you got that like. That can't be, and it's funny because it is, but, and I think, I guess that's the idea. You know, it can't be the first thing I noticed, but it is the first thing yeah. I've noticed. And I think that's part of the idea with the NBA is, yeah. you know, the sponsorship and the promotion. Yes. But I don't know, man, this thing may be going different here with, and it, and I'm hearing rumors that maybe this is not even the first. Like, th- th- it could be a point in the NBA where we have more patches like on some one soccer three. stuff. Yeah, I I hope not, man. I hope not. Can't kill the jersey like that, man. But yeah, mm-hmm. they they went with the the full square space logo. Terrible, terrible. I don't mind. Some people didn't like the uh, the 3D silver Nike check. I don't mind that. I actually like that. But the the Squarespace logo, it's it's a no it's a no deal for me, man. So Lex the Destroy said it's vandalism. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, man. That patch is ugly. Jerry Gard is ugly, man. Because it just looks like like you just use scotch tape and yeah. put in the it, put it like just stuck it to the to the jersey. Terrible, it just doesn't, man. Doesn't look official. Doesn't man. look NBA yeah. material. That's no. like a high school jersey. It doesn't look good, man. I'm I'm not feeling it at all. But nevertheless, you know, this is like you, you see the um, the the uh, the jersey you retweeted, the the one that um, the 75th Kem- an- which one? Yeah, the the one that uh, oh, the, the 75th Campbell anniversary one, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so they would wear the square sp- space on that one too if they rock it. That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know because with the Jordan ones, did, no, the Jordan ones, did they have square space on them? I gotta remember. I I don't remember. Did they have Squarespace on the Jordan jerseys that they wore almost every game? Which which I hated that too. You know, it seemed like they wore those blue Jordan jerseys more than the home whites. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Somebody in the chat looked that up. Did, did they wear, with the Jordan jerseys, the blue Jordan jerseys, did they wear the Squarespace logo on it? Somebody looked that up and let us know in the chat. But on, on Kemba. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We uh, keep it going here. So so there's a lot of flower bringing here. You know, Rose is giving Kemba his flowers. And, and uh, here was Kemba during his media session talking about Derek Rose. About me and stuff. So you know, I'm locked in, you know, ready to go. Ready to, you know, play at a high level, uh, you know, and do what I can just to help, you know, this team win games. Derek just came in and said, "Cam is the starter." Does that help having a guy like Derek? Just is. I mean, I wouldn't know about that. I don't know yet, but I mean, that's pretty cool. You know, like for me, I mean, I've always been a huge D Rose fan. Regardless, starting, not starting, whatever, like, it doesn't even matter. Like, you just want to win, you know? And to have a guy like him, former MVP, um, a guy who's been through it all, you know, to, to you know, be on the same team as him is, is really special for me. Well, one thing he said was he wants you, you're the hometown guy, he wants you to shine. Like, that's, you know, that's part of the reason why. And hey, I'm fine with him starting and all that stuff. I mean, what does that mean to you? That's huge. That's huge. Like I said, I mean, that's that's D Rose is one of the biggest reasons I I, I came here. Um, you know, I wanted to be around him. Um, 
wanted to get a chance to see how he prepares himself every day. Um, you know, just really, you know, get a chance to pick his brain as, as best as I can. You know, for the for the for my time here. Um, you know, I definitely want to build a special rapport with him um, and try to help him. You know, lead. You know, I seen I seen this team last year and we. All right, so that was Kemba. The, 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 uh, the volume on the Kemba interview was a little bit low. But anyway, he said, uh, you know, D. Rose was one of the reasons that he came here, which was which was interesting, an interesting tidbit from Kemba. Not sure if that was just PR, if that was legit, but um, just talked about wanting to learn from, from D. Rose as as a veteran. You know, the two, they did have history. They, they played each other in high school at Madison Square Garden. Uh, obviously, some of the two of the top high schools in, in the country you know, with, with Kemba going to Rice High School up in up in the Bronx, and uh, and and D Rose going to Simeon, the 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 world renowned Simeon. So uh, yeah, there's history there, but uh, did, you know, Kemba just appreciating the, the flowers from D Rose, man. Yeah, and and first, you know, as a as a kid, one of the most exciting thing about media days is whenever you have a new player and you're so excited to see him. It's just to be able to see them wear the jersey because, you know, at the press conference, you just have them hold it up or whatever, and it's not the same. So, you know, one of the most exciting things about media day is just finally see the player have the jersey and you start to get hyped up about game one. So just seeing Kemba sitting there with the Knicks jersey on um, and him having some of those home roots, which, you know, are more – he was born and raised. You know, a lot, a lot was made about Carmelo, but Kemba's roots are even, you know – they're more uh, involved because, you know, he, he was not only born here, he was raised there. He still has friends. He still has family that live here. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's exciting. In terms of the Rose thing, you know, I, I think a lot of it is respect. Um, it all connects because, as I mentioned, Rose is revered around NBA circles. I don't think Rose has ever had even a scuffle. on Like, seriously, I don't think yeah. Rose has ever had even a scuffle on an NBA court. You know, there was a time last year where something happened with the Lakers and the Laker players was coming off the bench, picking up Rose, trying to help him out. That's how respected he is and how people, yo, he, you know, there's one of the rapper, you know, artists' favorite lines where they say, I'm your favorite rapper's rapper. Like, Rose is a lot of these players' favorite players. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think Kemba does have a genuine respect for Rose. I think Kemba, um, you know, is is excited to be to be his teammate and you know he gave him props for a lot of rose's uh comments towards him so you know i'm excited about uh kemba and i can't wait to see him he said some other interesting things i don't know if you're gonna play it but he um there was another interesting quote he said about you know yeah uh the whole load management thing that that I thought was very very interesting. Hundred percent, and Rice is in Harlem, as they corrected me in the chat. Not the Bronx, you know. You, you know you got to put some respect on Harlem. You know, they don't want that affiliation. Right. Harlem is Harlem, Bronx is Bronx. All right, so so we, we get that clarification there. But um, uh, 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 the minutes, the minutes restriction, as you said, I'm not gonna play because the soundbite is, is kind of low. But on the minutes, they asked him about playing on back to backs, and he said. The back-to-backs was Boston's idea. Put it on the Celtics. Said it worked for him. He stayed fresh. He got hurt again in the playoffs, but it was a different injury, which, you know, the injury history is still a concern. But he said, you know, it, it's it's going to be up to how he feels, though, J.D. Going to be up to how he feels. So I don't feel like he closed the door completely 
on the idea when he said, well, it's going to be, we'll see how I feel. We'll see how I feel. So I think that is a possibility. I keep telling people, man, people tell it, talking about, oh, he's going to play 22 minutes. He's not going to play back to backs and all that stuff. And Tibbs had that joke. Everybody thought it was a joke and it was funny. But I'm telling you, man, like he's I feel like he if he proves himself available, he's going to get 30 minutes a game. Um, And I'm not saying he's going to play every back to back. But when you look at his quote in Tom Thibodeau, they said that Kemba's going to be involved in the process. In other words, Kemba said, listen, b- before I even like when I got there. Boston said this is the plan. They didn't even involve me. Like they yeah. told me this is this is our plan for you and this is what we're going to follow. With the Knicks, it seemed if you look at, you know, his demeanor, his body language and his attitude when he said it, it looks like he wants to play. Like it looks like he feels that he's going to be at least okay. And listen, I like I said, I think Tibbs is going to is going to play it by ear with him, but I, this whole 50 games is a, no. I think he's going to play a lot. I think yeah. he really will. And he better, you know, because I got, I got the 50 burger on the Yeah, line, you got so the 50 burger. <laughs> and a lot of that is going to be riding on Kemba's health, man. That is going to be, when we talk about the key questions going into the season, going into training camp, it's going to be Kemba's health, man, because he is going to be the starter. A lot is is, is going to uh, depend on him and, and how he gels with Julius, with RJ. We know him and Fournier have some chemistry going. How is he going to lead this team in the pick and rolls? Does Can he, is he going to be close to the same guy? We don't, close to the same all-star that he was a couple of years ago. We don't know that, you know. We know the rim attempts were down this past season. Is that a result of the knee injury? But see, the rim attempts were down, but he was highly efficient. At the rim, he was still 95th percentile at the rim. So, does that mean that he was taking, uh, you know, more high percentage attempts at the rim? Because you know, Kemba was one of those guys at, at his prime. You know, he would make some like acrobatic circus shots. You know, the up and unders. He would always kill the Knicks. He would always finish with, on, on the Knicks bigs. Like you couldn't block him. You could not. Yeah block a Kemba layup at the rim whatsoever and I just remember him just being so unstoppable there so I want to see what he how he does that because you know I still think regardless teams are still going to have to respect that and those driving kicks are going to create a lot of open shots for RJ for Fournier for Julius out on the perimeter and so like I said uh, Kemba's going to be very important man very important and uh, a lot of times you know when we evaluate players they play a certain way for, a, you know, the majority of their careers. And once things change, yes, sometimes they're legitimate and there are they are negatives or they are concerns. But other times it could just be the player making adjustments to his game. So I understand that, you know, some of these numbers, you know, decreased attacking the basket, et cetera, et cetera. But what if and that's why I think it's going to be interesting to see how he plays this season. What if? This is the beginning of Kemba just making adjustments to his game, his game, picking his spots and understanding right. that, listen, I have to protect my knee. At the end yeah, of the day, yeah. I can't be coming at the basket like I used to. You know, Dwayne Wade made that adjustment late in his career. Derrick Rose is making that adjustment. Like a lot of players, in order to extend your career, you need to make adjustments. So there's certain numbers that are going to change over time. I think we're going to find out this year which one it is. Is it 
you know, is it a concern thing? Is it the beginning of something? Or is it him beginning to make adjustments to his game? Yeah. But as you mentioned, as long as he's he's efficient, I'm good with it. Fair, fair points, fair, fair points. And um, speaking on the on the adjustment wave, you know, Fournier, when Fournier was on this show, he said one of the things he was working on was um, post-ups, you know, operating out of the post to save his legs. So that's just an, an example of, as you said, you know, players right. trying to add to their game, uh, uh, add more of the basics, more of the fundamentals to just be a bit more safer and to just extend their careers. Because when you're going at it like this for 82-game seasons, uh, the wear and tear, the mileage is, is going to get to you, man. So that's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, and it, it's just, again, one of these storylines of of the preseason. Um, will we see – I don't know – the NFL is different. It's yeah. so strategic that teams in NFL preseason, they don't show much. But will we see some of it in the NBA preseason in terms of the style of play? Because, you know, in, with this roster, he may not need to do some of the things he did in the past. Right. Like uh, Another part of it is what are your expectations of Kemba? If you're expecting Charlotte Kemba, then uh, you might be disappointed. Yeah. He may not be, but, need to be that guy, as you said. Right. He had no help yeah, with he, Charlotte. I mean, Al, Al Jefferson was doing his thing for a minute, but, you know. Exactly. And and because, I mean, me personally, I'm looking for RJ to get a little bit more responsibility. I'm looking for Randall to continue to build off a solid year. So if that's the case, then, you know, Kemba could carve a nice solid role. I don't need Kemba to go 26 shots per game. Yeah. Charlotte Hornet style. Like, we, I, we don't really need that. You know, you look at that series, Alan Ha made the bold statement, you know, we could have won if we had Mitch. That means we could have won a series against the Hawks with Alfred Payton at point guard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I don't think I mean? so. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but there's people that do believe we could have won the series how we had Mitch. But yeah. nevertheless, uh, it just goes to show you, you know, being a fourth seed with some of the, you know, players we had. You're adding two guys that are going to take shots away from other players you don't need Kemba to be a superstar. So I'm looking for me, I'm looking at efficiency, health, and availability. Um, and and him hopefully continuing to draw charges. He's among, you know, he's Second. top five the last five years in that, giving other teams extra possessions. Yeah. I think if he provides that, I'm 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 good with what he can bring here. Two years, 16 millions. You know what? I'm not gonna go crazy. I know the home, the whole homecoming thing it gets you hyped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to be a pleasant experience. So I'm not gonna. You know, I don't expect them to score 30 points even game one against the Celtics. Just, just give me 18 I, points. I, I think he'll have a few though, bro. I think he's gonna have a few oh, guarded moments. Yeah, he, he might. He might game one. He might come out just yeah. saying, you know, forget all this. You know, I'm going off. He might do it game one, but for for a whole 82 game season, um, I, I don't think it's like. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say so either. But um, gonna be interesting to see. And and what I'm also interested in seeing is in the clutch, who's gonna save Julius from himself? From <laughs> you know what I mean? The terrible ISO. Are we still gonna go that way? Can we get him some easier shots? Is there a pick and roll, a pick and pop that we can get? That's that's an automatic bucket that the two of them can come down with. You know what I mean? Some some chemistry there. Is there some spots where he can find Julius on the floor to get him some shots? And are there gonna be situations where Tibbs puts the ball in Kemba's hands with three seconds left and says, you know, make a play? You know, again, a couple of years ago, he was second to hard in in clutch points in the league. Yeah. Now, again, that was that was all star Kemba. 
can he repeat Randall's that magic? Cool. I don't know. Randall said it. Let's not overcomplicate things, CP. Let's get, let's just give it to Kemba. Let's not overcomplicate things. You know, let's just go to Kemba. Save Julius from um, himself, man. There's certain moves that a player has that is just it's just career proof. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter that yes, you lose a step or whatever. There's just certain moves that a player has that it's just hard for the defender to defend. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about Rose now. Rose still has that little shimmy move yeah, yeah. that is not as explosive as before. Yet people still fall for it, and he still gets to the basket when he wants. Yep. Right, Dwayne Wade had that crossover move where even late in his career in Chicago, people were still falling for it. Mm-hmm. And Kemba has that step back to where, you know, if he we're in a situation where shot clock is winding down, the play was broken, and we need to make a play, Kemba could, you know, get near the free throw line, get, you know, get you that step back and still give you a good shot. Yeah. Whereas with Randall, in that situation, you saw some of the type of shots that he took. They're not the highest percentage of shots. You don't have the most confidence that he can hit them. So to me, you don't overcomplicate things. You give it to the player that even if we're talking about one play. Mm-hmm. So we you don't need to be Charlotte uh, Kemba for one play. Mm-hmm. You just need to dial it back one play, and that's it. And, get it. and create your shot and, and hit the bucket. So I have full confidence in Kemba in the clutch. I think it's going to be one of the most underrated things about him this season. I think he's going to show it, um, you know, this season yeah. uh, coming up. That's a fact. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let's hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up button. Let's break the YouTube algorithm. CP, JD Sports Talk on the check. And we got over a thousand people in here. We should have a thousand likes. Everybody hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Let's go. Nick's. Fan TV Live presented by Manscaped. And speaking of Manscaped, JD, as usual, as you guys know, tonight's show is presented by Manscaped. They will be our presenting sponsor for the entire season. And fellas, go out and get that lawnmower 4.0. As I told you, it is the Ferrari of ball trimmers, number one men's grooming tool below the waist, over 2 million purchases so far over 2 million customers have purchased the lawnmower and the lawnmower 4.0 and my guys at manscaped are going to give you a great deal as usual 20% off plus free shipping with promo code kftv so go out and get it it's got the skin safe aerodynamic ceramic blade technology so you cut down on those nicks it's got the um uh matte black nice finish wireless charger or wired it gets great battery life waterproof you have the spotlight here jd led spotlight much larger than before so you know you don't have to miss any spots you could do it in the dark if that's what you're into also serves as a nice flashlight on the side so yeah as i said fellas look summertime you might go with the baldy you might go with the michael jordan now it's the fall you know it's getting a little nippy outside maybe you go with the van gundy whatever you're into i don't need to know no testimonials just go out and go get the lawnmower 4.0. You can get the performance package 4.0. They got a lot of great products on the website, fellas. So go to manscaped.com, promo code KFTV for 20% off plus free shipping. All right. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever you guys are into, man, I'm just letting you know. Cause it's got the guards. That's the thing. It, it it comes with the guard, so you don't gotta go all the way with the with the zero blade, man. You can leave it a little bit on the top if you want to. Whatever your lady wants, you know, you, you go ahead and do so, man. You know, you, you you go ahead and do that. 
I want to shout out my guy. Uh, this is a guy checking in from uh, from Abu Dhabi. My guy Diffin L. Diffin L. Checking in from Abu Dhabi in here, bro. Yeah, shout out to him, man. Everybody, right. type type your cities in the chat. Let us know where you guys are checking in from, and uh, we'll we'll definitely shout you guys out, man. All right, JD. So we heard from. Here's what I'm gonna do. I want to get to the phones just to keep this pushing. The Fournier interview. He didn't really give you that many much sound bites. I'm gonna tell you something as humble as I could say it. If you want to hear what Evan Fournier has to say about the Knicks, go watch the Knicks fan TV interview with Evan Fournier. All right. That was hands down the most soup to nuts, end to end, wire to wire interview. If you want to get to know Fournier, his thoughts on the team, RJ, Julius, Tibbs, everything. Go watch the Knicks Fan TV interview on Evan Fournier, and, and you'll get everything you need to know. Because his media day one was a complete waste of time. Yeah, people in there, you know, asking him about it, uh, 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 his parents being judo, judo fighters or something like that. Like, you know, I, I didn't really get that there. That was a waste of time, but, you know. It's facts. It's facts. Just like the Alan Hahn interview. Yeah. If, if you're a Nick fan and you still want to get that preview, you can watch the Alan Hahn interview yeah. all the way up to the first game of the season. That's it's, a fact. It's relevant all the way until all the way. then. All the way, man. Definitely watch the Alan Hahn joint, the Fournier joint. Uh, we got we got stuff for everybody, man, heading into Nick's training camp. So let's get to the phones without further ado. My guy Ice Water is waiting for a minute. Ice Water, how you feeling, bro? What's going on, CP? What's good, bro? How you doing? All right, JD. What's going on? Um, hey, uh, I hear your boy. Uh, I hear your boy French Toast got picked up by the Dallas Knicks. Uh, yeah, that's good for him, man. Good for him. Uh, all seriousness, in all seriousness, though, man, yeah. I wish Frank the best. Um, you know, uh, his options were. You know, I, from what I understand, only. The only other option he had was uh, he got offered a, a two-year non-guaranteed contract with the Gauchos. So uh, <laughs> glad that, you know, glad that he chose Dallas. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Wow. Wow. <laughs> anyway. um, yeah. Um, I was watching the, uh, the press conference, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the media day. And I saw both media days. I saw the Knicks media day, and I saw the Nets media day. Mm-hmm. And watching both of them, I wondered, um, you know, which would fans, which team would fans really want? Would they want this Knicks team, or would they want Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the Knicks? You know, and yeah, and you know, you got the you got the specter of winning the championship, but you know. To me, just watching that media day, the, the Knicks media day was just more positive and more, more promising. Energy. Yeah. You know, then the Nets media day, the Nets media day looked like a powder cake practically. You know, you yeah. didn't know what it was, was going It was a clown on. show. They, uh, it was a clown show, man. I appreciate the call. They, they brought in Letterman to try to troll Katie. Katie wasn't feeling You know, Katie got no personality anyway, so he's trying his best to, <laughs> to derail all of it. You know what I'm saying? So that one didn't go over so well. And then we know with the Nets that the whole Kyrie thing is hovering over him. So all the players know that, you know, Patty Mills is sitting down there. They know damn well they don't want, they don't care what he got to say. They want to know, is Kyrie getting vaccinated? Is he coming to play in the home games? And what are y'all going to do? Are you going to toss him overboard for Ben Simmons? Or are you going to deal with the distraction for the whole year? Simple and plain, bro. 
and, and somehow it's funny, you know, somehow the Knicks make their way to the Nets press conference, yeah. you know, media day with the whole David, you know, Letterman stuff mentioning the Knicks, asking Facts. like you mentioned the Knicks a few times, asked Kevin Durant a few questions about the Knicks. And uh, and yeah, I mean, when it's crazy that we even say that, because, you know, as the caller says that it makes me reflect on just the whole media day today. And it's like, there were some storylines on other teams in terms of, you know, dysfunction or drama or whatever. And the Knicks was just, even when it's, it's just, it's just crazy. It's, it's so lovely. It's been a long time, man. You guys, I don't even know where Kyrie was at doing his little thing and telling people to, you know, respect his privacy. And it's just a lot of things, that, a lot of touchy things, you know, tricky things going on with with Kyrie. So yeah. I, I just think it's also a positive on the Knicks that it's like, hmm, it was a normal day here. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's smooth sailing, man. And like I said, I started the show with foundation, culture, stability. And that has been on display with this franchise for the past two years. It's refreshing to see. You know, I like to sit back, drink my tea, and watch all these other teams burn it in controversy. The the, the Kyrie thing is going to be an issue. No way around it. Katie wants to play it off. It's on him. It's his decision. We support him. Okay. See, see, this is, this is why they choose the Nets, bro. You understand? Because regardless of what happens, no one cares that much even if they don't win it'll be like all right we didn't win on to the next year if this was here in new york it would be on fire every single day you got to answer the question every day you can imagine what would happen if kyrie was here with all the stuff that's happened i mean just kyrie like forget everybody else just kyrie like it's it would it would i don't even know how to it would be all over first take it would be i mean it would be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mainstream, us, we will have to cover it. The beat writers, national, international, like yeah. it would be crazy. Um, the headlines and and just the drama and stuff. Which I don't know, man. It's it, 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 he did ask a question if we would rather have Durant yeah. and Kyrie. And I'm like, it's still a tricky thing because you do want to win. But then I'm looking at it now and I'm like, maybe we just dodged a bullet, man. Oh, I think we do, definitely dodged a bullet. You do all that to maybe win one championship, you know. Um, I know when you see them on paper, everybody thinks that a team is going to win every year. Well, just look at LeBron's career. How long has LeBron been in the NBA? He only has four yeah. rings. Like, I know certain things look a certain way on paper. There's just so many things that happen in between. And sometimes you have certain experiments. And it's like, it's kind of the the Golden State thing. He won, he won a couple rings. But in the end, KD wasn't happy. I mean, as players, how could you not want them? You know what I mean? I, I think that's one thing that the fans kind of, you know, get confused with Kyrie is that they, they look at all the off-the-field stuff and the flatter thing, and, and because he's so disagreeable, they kind of over it overshadows the fact that he's an absolute beast on the court and one of the best point guards to ever, you know, put a basketball in his hand. You know what I'm saying? Before he even went to the Nets, he was hands down one of my favorite players in the league. You know what I mean? I can't root for him now that he's on the Nets. But from a basketball standpoint, he's a dog, man. Filthy. And let's keep it let's keep it a buck, too, right? Like, I'm a Yankee fan, so I got to be honest. There's a lot of things that happen with the Yankees, and, yeah. then, and then what's the mentality? 
it's all about postseason baseball, right? It's all about what you do when it counts. And in the end, he was available in the playoffs, and it was looking a certain way for the Bucs until he got hurt Harden with, you know what I mean? So if he was a Nick, we would have had to go through all that stuff. But in the end, as Nick fans, if they're available in the playoffs, our mindset would have changed and we would forget (laughs) about what happens in the season, man. So that's the tricky thing about these players and and like stars of that magnitude that, you know, just have volatile personalities. New York is just magnified, you know, and you have to deal with it. 1,000%, 1,000%, man. 1,000%. Let's hear from Fredo up next. Fredo, what's going on, bro? about these players and, and like, stars of that match. Yep. Fredo, yeah. just turn down your volume, bro. Uh, good. good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate feel, it. Man? I'm doing great. I want to bring it back to the uh, beginning of the show when you talked about uh, Leon Rose being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two players that I know the fans are not going to be too happy when I bring them up. But there's two players that I wanted to talk about. Uh, um, you know, I called before speaking about young talent, and I think maybe Ben Simmons and Car Anthony Towns kind of fit that role. Um, both players are 25 years old. You know, Ben Simmons, in my opinion, is one of the best uh, defenders of the league. I would say he's probably top three. Mm-hmm. You know, he led the league in steals last year, all defensive first team. Car Anthony Towns. You know, two-time All-Star. He was also a former uh, All-NBA player. Um, and I, I just – I think Ben Simmons might be a little bit more unrealistic because he might be on the way out soon. And I don't think the Knicks financially could make that move. But uh, if he were to be available or Car Anthony Towns, I, w- I don't understand why the Knicks want to make that trade. We have a lot of picks available. We would definitely have to give up some players to match the money. But, you know, I mean, I think both of them would be, uh, you know, make make us like serious contenders in this league. You know, possibly we could say, you know, Eastern Conference Finals type uh, teams. I just want to know what you guys thought about that. Thank you. You, you want to get both of them or either or? Either or. I think you're saying either or, right? Yeah. I mean, either, I don't think I don't think realistically we could get both. Me personally, if I had to pick between the two, I think Carl Anthony Towns is a little bit soft. I do think he's a great player, but I would go after Ben Simmons because he just kind of fits Thibodeau's style, and I think you could plug him in at the small forward and then move RJ back to the two. Or he, I mean, look, Ben Simmons could play almost any position, you know. Um, so I think you, I, I would prefer Ben. You know, I think he's a more like talent than Carl Anthony Towns, but nevertheless, I think if we get either one of them. We would be, and I know, like they have like a stigma surrounding them. But if we do facts, yeah. no feelings, and we talk about them as players, you know, not about so much their personal life but as players. They're two of the best players in the NBA. You know, they're definitely in the conversation. You know, especially being twenty-five. So uh, I just want to know what you guys thought about that. Thanks. Appreciate the call, man. CP, I'll let you have this, but let me say this. I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the caller. Thank you for calling on the show. Today might not be the day to talk about who <laughs> tomatoes are <laughs> flying for Fredo right now. He's taking over from Jay from Florida. The tomatoes might be are the flying, wrong day. Fredo. Flying, man, mm-hmm. on media day, man. Media day? Media day? I mean, I, I want to see this team play a game before yeah. I talk about, you know, like Ben Simmons. I, I, I'm, down. I'm, I'm not with Simmons, man. I'm just not with it. You know, if he was everything you said he was, I don't think a contender like Philly would be looking to get rid of him. The fit is questionable. The fit is questionable. What Joel Embiid say 
today on media day we talk about media day they asked him about uh simmons and they said uh what would you want to what would you i think they said what, what would you want uh him to improve on coming in and he said and he said everything you've seen in those workout videos let's start there right he said that would be nice yeah, that would be nice in other He's words step your game up because you can't shoot you scared to shoot and you have no offensive game and that's the thing, Fredo. I understand, like, you're trying to buy low, but now you're, you're asking Leon Rose to take a gamble here, bring in a guy who can't shoot, who has, mental, has, has a mental deficiency, a mental block in terms of shooting. He's got Chuck Knobloch syndrome right now. Yes, one of the best defenders in the league, hands down. You give him that. An excellent facilitator in the open court and a good scorer in the open court. The problem is when the game slows down, when everything slows down and grinds into a half court, where is his fit? And and he got exposed once again against the Hawks, man. Yeah, and and even, I mean, we just talked, we just tried to, you know, analyze uh, Julius Randle's words and Julius Randle talking about overcomplicating things and him wanting to be great, which alluded to the fact that it was mental for him, the crowd, all that stuff. And this is a guy that, played 72 games throughout the season, still wasn't mentally prepared to handle Mm -hmm. the New York scene and pressure and environment, et cetera. And you're telling me that you're going to bring a guy that came from Philly, who's another pressure city, but is still not New York, and you're going to expect him to come here and shoot a jump shot? He doesn't want to shoot in Philly. He's going to come to New York and shoot? (laughs) Right. It's not going to happen. I don't see it, man. And and cat like Car Anthony Towns, I guess you can make a better argument just because of talent, but I think people sometimes. I mean, like I've always said, I'm a Knicks fan, and this is New York, and it is what it is. There's this stuff you can't hide from, and I I wish that our media was nicer. I wish mm-hmm. that this environment would be more player friendly, and all that stuff, but. I can't control that. This is just the nature of the city. It's the personality of the city. So I think when we talk about potential players that could be a part of this franchise, you can't underestimate the mental aspect, the ability to handle and play in this city. It's not the same as any other city. So when you look at Ben Simmons and players like Carl Anthony Towns, those are big concerns for for me to even consider that a possibility. I, I can't see it, bro. And and you know, <clears throat> Windhorse on uh, Brian Windhorse on uh, ESPN had said that the Philly fans is a factor in Simmons wanting to leave. I don't think so. I think Joel Embiid's comments today put it right square, <laughs> right there. That there's yeah. an issue with the two of them because if he wanted them back, that's the last thing he would have said. Check the workout videos. Let's start there. And when they were talking about, you know, players, uh, what was it uh, that we talked about when players wanted to, like, take a plane or something and go visit yeah, Simmons? Yeah, he was like, nah. <laughs> him, he was like, nah, good, even, I'm good. Don't even waste but your time. Even if they would have went, it would have been interesting to see if Embiid would have gotten on that right. plane because I don't think he would have been one of those players. Right. So, so I just I think there's, there's, there's an obvious issue. It's just, man, for him to take this stance – like that, when you look at a player, you just played with a potential MVP candidate player in Joel Embiid. And I understand everything, but 
<laughs> you mean to tell me you can't fix it? To yeah. me, it's more than the fans. It's, it's more, more than the it's city. More, <clears throat> you just play with Doc Rivers for the first time. So it's it's to me, there's something else going there. Yeah. And it could be the Embiid stuff. It's it's more it's more than the fans, man. No question. No question. For him to want to leave that situation, a contender with a, a MVP candidate and a decent squad, man. They got a nice squad. I think they're good enough to make it if he can, you know, be the finishing piece. But the problem with Simmons is here's a guy he has been in the league a number of years now, has not shown the ability to want to get better, as as his detractors say. This is not my, you know, my knowing of, of what he's doing in the offseason. But from what the detractors say, has not shown the, the, the want to, again, between the ears, how bad does he want it? And that there's just no, for his size, bro, there's no inside game. There's there's no high efficiency. Yes, he can drive to the basket, but there, there's just no high efficiency jumper. There's no go-to move that he can rely on. It's, you know, full steam ahead, bulldoze, and that's it. In the open court, and that's it. Maybe in, in the half court, you know. I just, it, I, I wouldn't go that route if I were the Knicks. And number, number two, the Knicks can't trade anybody worth while until December anyway. The Simmons thing looks like it's going to get wrapped up within the next few weeks. And I think it's, Philly wants a piece that can can help them maintain where they're at. And I don't think we have that piece to give them. Well, I hope it goes over <laughs> into the season because, hey, yeah, the Simmons talk, but it relates to the Knicks. East the Atlantic vital. Division. Let's go. And when we talk about tears and we talk about the 50-burger prediction, yeah. I, I told you, I told you, this, you. this is gonna be this is gonna be one of the main things I'm looking at yeah. in terms of contention for three seed because to me it's the Sixers could be that and then to me everybody else is just is wide open it can be Second anyone tier is wide open know? man and so um, this is gonna be something to watch um, in the next few weeks because it's all gonna affect the Eastern Conference and it's gonna affect the Knicks for sure. Yeah, and and on the cat thing, I, I just don't see how he and, and Randall coexist, especially defensively. I think it's one or the other, but not both for me personally. Um, and I I just want that next star. If we do get it, I want to be on the perimeter, either at the two or the one. I think that's where it has to be to to bring some balance to the team. Cat's cat's a great offensive player, no doubt about it, one of the most dominant. But um, <clears throat> I don't I don't see it. I just don't see it, man. Uh, all right, let's go to the phones as we wrap up. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Still got 1,100 in the chat. JD rocking with us still, man. Nobody's going to sleep. They are excited. Training camp starts tomorrow. Let's get it going. Um, yeah, once again, so to everybody in the chat, man. Let's go to the phones. All right, we're going to wrap up with uh, Val, and then we'll close with Ari. Val, how you feeling? Good. How are you guys? Good, man. What's going on? Good. I just have a quick question, and I need your guy, you guys' opinion. Mm -hmm. As you can see, uh, a player in the NBA that we were supposed to draft just got a very big bag today, Michael Porter Jr., and yeah. we all know about his final issues. I have a question. Do you think RJ could potentially be that guy for us to get that rookie extension? Because I was looking at the stats earlier. RJ had a better rookie year than him. And they both had a similar second year, too. He had 19, RJ had 17. And if RJ continues to trend upward, he, you know, I mean, he'll basically be a 20 a game a night. 
so next summer is the year we can extend RJ to the rookie max, what they call it. What's your opinions yeah. on this? I think it's going to take a huge leap for him next next season to kind of show that. You know, I, I'm not sure. Uh, we I don't know if he can hit that. You know, you know what I mean. That's the one thing with Porter is that he, yes, he was injured his rookie year. He sat out. He missed time. Um, but I think the Nuggets are gambling on his potential, and he showed a lot of flashes a, as a creator, as a shooter last year for Denver. Uh, one of the one of the most efficient 19 points per game in NBA history. I think it was just Michael Porter Jr. and Wilt. Right? What was his effective field goal percentage? He was like well over 60 something percent. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So so that's what the Nuggets are gambling on. With RJ, again, as we said at the top of the show, he's got to show more than... 90 seconds. He's got to show more than the, um, you know, 35% effective field goal percentage on pull-ups. On, on two attempts. It's, it's got to be way more than that. He's got to be able to show that, you know, he can be a, a, a capable shot creator and not just a, 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 a catch-and-shoot guy that's going to play off of Julius and, and Kemba. You know, that's more role play status. Nuggets are gambling that Porter Jr. could be a third star for them. So let, let's see how it goes. I'm not sure if RJ takes that big of a leap in, in his third season. Seconds. What do you think, bro? That guy, that dude got paid, Paid, man. paid. Five, oh. just, to, just to tell the chat, it's worth 200. It's really worth 172. But if he, if he cashes in on his incentives, if he makes the all-NBA team, in those three years, it can get up to 200. So five years, 200 is the potential of the contract. But it's really five years, 172. And 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 I think they structured it. You know, sometimes you see these contracts where the incentives are just a few million. And it's one of those things where you're like, well, if he hits it, he, who knows? He may not care or may not be motivated. We're talking about what? Like 30 million difference, 30. 35 yeah. million yeah. difference in additional bonus incentive money so that's a, that's enough of a chunk that's a contract in itself. <laughs> you know so that's a contract in itself for him yeah. to you know strive for greatness and that's maybe part of the reason why they took that you know leap of faith in him um he still has you know he had some spasms here and there last year so there's still some little concerns about the back long term but listen i know one thing rj doesn't seem like the guy that wakes up and thinks about his contract or his future stuff he seems like an even keel guy he seems like that guy that hey my play will do the talking but i tell you one thing rj's agent was smiling when he saw that report (laughs) the pegs are getting paid and again as we said you know nuggets are taking a gamble i think bobby march came out with the stat by that by 2022 23 season there's only gonna be four teams with uh three max contract players it's gonna be the nets Golden State Warriors, the Nuggets, and who's the fourth team again? Who's the fourth team that he said? The Nets. It's not the Bucks because Middleton and, and Drew Holiday aren't on max contracts. If you pull up Bobby Marks' tweet, it's the the Clippers. Is it? Who's the third? Because they have. No, nah, I don't think it's the Clippers. I don't think it's the Clippers. It's definitely the Nets, the Warriors, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Nets, Harden, Kyrie, Katie. Nuggets, uh, Jamal Murray, Jokic, and uh, and uh, and 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 Michael Porter Jr. Now, and then the fourth team is gonna be I'm gonna tell the you Lakers? the Lakers with LeBron, eighty, and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Westbrook. so 
you know, Nuggets are thinking, hey, look, free agency in in next few years is nothing going to be worth our while. We're going to take the bird rights off our guys, sign them. Obviously, they're going to give Jokic a super bag when he's eligible for it. And as the years go on and, and salary caps increase and contract values increase, that deal may look more and more uh, affordable or more and more market value for them if Porter, you know, capitalizes on that potential that that they think he can. And it goes, it goes, it goes to the continued discussion when we have these debates about how is the best way to build the winner or build a championship team. You see the way the market is when you know players are up for contracts. You see some of this money that's being given it's it's is there really a way that's this is why it's so difficult to build a winner because you know you got to pay some of these guys and the knicks are going to be faced with some of these questions soon themselves so mm-hmm. goes to show you that this is not an easy thing and you know why lebron's been in the league for 20 years only has four rings it's not easy it's to not win easy. an nba championship it's not easy, it's not easy to build a winner yeah. man trades trades always do sign and trade and I think that's what a lot of teams are, are thinking right now there's no point in saving the cash for that guy because the chances are you're not going to get him <laughs> you know what I mean chances are you're not going to get him so continue to build your team continue to draft well scout well and let the chips fall there where they where they may and if, if a guy's available in the sign and trade you hope that you have a team where you could pair off a quarter of it and still be good to go to compete and take you to the next level and and the other thing is uh, quickly is you see you see what's going on like this is not again this is not the LeBron era mm-hmm. and, and KD and some of these guys that bet on themselves year in year out with these one on one deals even Anthony Davis said uh uh-uh, uh I'm I'm going for security yeah. I just had an injury there these guys that we we like to think two three years. In, in advance, we're going to get this guy, uh-huh. and then, boom, they sign a super max, or they sign, they re-sign with a team because, you know, this is a new generation, and it looks like these players first want to make sure that they secure the bag yeah. and not worry about everything else. You force a trade later, man. You force a trade later. All right, closing the show. Ari in the building. Ari, what's going <clears> on? <throat> Ari, you, you coming with us to the, to the home open, all right? What's good? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm coming through. Ari's um, in the building. Let's go. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make a hard pass on Ben Simmons, a hard <laughs> pass and, uh, Carl Anthony Towns as well. There's no need. I'm with UCP. The next, the next main guy we get has to be on the perimeter one, two or three. That's the way the NBA is going. So I'm with you on that. So a couple of things I want to talk about real quick. First, um, shout out to Jay from Florida. Uh, the second he mentions to Alan Hahn that he hasn't heard from Leon Rose in 14 months, <laughs> three days later he speaks before a training camp. <laughs> yeah. So maybe someone's watching the show. Uh, wink, wink, Leon. So if you're listening, um, you know the deal. Uh, Knicks fan TV, you know, for the fans, by the fans, you know the deal. But, um, yeah, so first of all, regarding Julius Randle's comments, Listen, man, the guy looks like he's in incredible shape. I'll give him that. He's definitely been working hard. But I would have personally liked to see more ownership and personal responsibility for the way he played in the playoffs. He made it. He, he sounded like he tried to downplay it, that it was a simple fix, yeah. and that it was, like, no big deal, and he just overcomplicated things. Personally, I think it's a very big deal. You know, he had five games to uh, make that simple fix and wasn't able to do it. Um, granted, I understand it's his first time in the playoffs being the number one guy, but 
you know, if you're going to be the leader of the team, man, you should be like, listen, I let the team that like, you should take more ownership personally. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's, that's one, that's nothing important, but that's just my take. Mm-hmm. Um, with Garland, Mitchell Robinson, first of all, Alan Hahn is one of my favorite, probably my favorite guests you've ever had on yeah. in history. Um, he's the goat, but that Mitchell Robinson take was like a CP, the artist type pick, man. That was just absolutely awful. Like, absolutely yeah, I, I didn't agree with him about that. No I offense. didn't agree with him about that. No offense, Han, but that was a little bad. Um, and yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know he said his issue is from the neck up. Personally, I think his issue is from the knee down. You know, this guy is running out there like he's Gumby, man. Like he's wobbling, he's jumping, he's like. He looks like a you know seven foot tall Gumby out there, man. I, I just don't trust that he's going to. I I just don't trust that he's going to stay healthy, man. I really don't. I hope he does, but I also think that listen, man, you invested so much money in in in, in Noel, you know. I just don't see him keeping both of those guys, especially if they're trying to make a trade and be aggressive. Yeah, you're gonna have to give up something to get something, man. So whether that's Ovi or Mitch, I wouldn't get too attached to these guys. Um, but um, the last thing I want to talk about is the real X factor. I know a lot of people are saying that Mitchell Robinson's the X factor. You know, he didn't have him in the playoffs. He would have changed the dynamic. You know, I think he has, I think what he does on, on, on defense is great, but he's also an offensive liability. He can't stretch the floor and it's kind of like guarding four on five. But I think the real X factor of this team, if we're really going to go somewhere and make some noise in the playoffs is RJ Barrett's development. Uh-huh. So, I did some research. I, I'm in my surge bag. I did my preparation, all right? I got some research done, all right. all right? Player A, when he was 20 years old, he averaged 15 points per game when he was 20. Mm-hmm. When he was 21, he averaged 26 points per game. That's an 11-point jump. Mm-hmm. Who is player A? Tracy McGrady, mm-hmm. okay? Kobe Bryant, he was averaging 19.9 points per game in year 20, relatively similar to what R.J. Barrett was doing. On a very on a, on, a solid, on a on a competitive team, in his year twenty one, he he jumped at four points, twenty three points a game. Okay, uh-huh. Jason Tatum in his second year, when he was twenty years old, fifteen point seven points per game. When he was uh-huh. twenty one, twenty three point four points per game. Uh-huh. Paul George, when he was twenty years old, twelve points per game. When he was twenty one, seventeen points per game. So these it looks like that these wing players that are playing probably the most competitive, um, you know, position in basketball, the two and three, uh-huh. the wing, it takes them a couple of years to really develop their game. And I think with RJ's, I think with RJ's work, work ethic and how much he's developed in, you know, in his second year from shooting and from the videos I'm seeing of him, I would not be surprised if he has a, if he, if he has a breakout year, man. And like, you know, I don't know how the fit with Fournier is going to be, but if RJ Barrett could take it to the next level and step it up, not necessarily be an all-star, but average in the 20-point per game. Be like a guy who could get his own shot, yeah. who's like clutch down the stretch. If he could be that guy, the Knicks can make noise. The Knicks can make a deep run in the playoffs. So I think he's the X factor, not Mitch. And, um, yeah, I guess I'll, that, that's my take, man. And um, I guess I'll, I'll see you guys on the, on the 20th, dude. Yes, sir. Good call, Ari. Look, looking forward to it, man. Right. Look, looking forward to it. It's a good take. It's a good take by Ari, man. I, I don't see any tomatoes in the chat, so I think the fans are pleased. Oh, I see one. Michael Maldonado. Michael Maldonado. And, and Joshua Rivera. So I spoke too soon. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I think maybe <clears throat> maybe it's the, the, uh, the players that he he mentioned, you know, putting yeah. RJ in those conversations with Kobe and Grady. And, you know, that's pretty high, yeah. pretty high um, standards or expectations. Yeah. But, 
overall, yeah, I, I see what he's saying. Um, very, you know, he it's a good take. Uh, the in terms of him being an X factor, yes, yeah. I do agree. Because if RJ takes that, you know, substantial of a leap, it covers for some deficiencies in other areas. So, in other words, yes, you can make a case that the Mitch factor does go into play. But I think Mitch becomes even more important if RJ doesn't take that step mm -hmm. because they need everyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, like so you you have like you have teams that they have great players and those teams have weaknesses, but you kind of are able to cover it up because your great players are that good that they can cover up those weaknesses. If you don't, then you kind of need more of a collective effort to win games. Yeah. So if RJ takes that leap, it can help in the event that Mitch doesn't pan out or he's hurt or whatever the case may be. But if he doesn't take that leap, then we need everyone else to play their role and do what they have yeah. to do. As far as the Randall thing, I'm going to be honest with you, CP. I, I don't know if I'm going to be that tough on Randall today because I get it. I understand what he's saying. But it's like, do you want Randall to come in on media day and still reflect on that loss? Like, yeah, do you I'm think I'm that is the best attitude? Do you think that's the best mindset? Because if he would have, you know, showed up today and said, yeah, you know, it sucked. I'm still thinking about it or whatever the case may be. I take responsibility. It's good. But then on the other end, I don't know if I still want him to think about that. I mean, we got a, we got a, some new players. Is a new. Let's just let's clean slate. He already said he's looking forward to it. We're not going to talk about it until that time comes anyway. Yeah. So him saying a few words is really not going to win equity with me because at the end of the day, with with Julius Randle today, what mattered was him showing leadership, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. Every anything else to me personally, it doesn't matter because Nick fans are still gonna evaluate him when the playoffs start. That's right? It. Like they that's when they're gonna really evaluate him. The first step he has to make sure is he has to make sure that he builds off last year. There's still some quite like there's still Nick fans that kind of question whether last year was a fluke. Was it the crowd? Can he still shoot, you know? 40% from three. I don't think he has to shoot 40% from, from three, personally. But there's still fans that have question marks about his year last year. So to me, just perform. We'll talk about the playoffs when we get there. We'll talk about pressure situations. And listen, he 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 shouted out Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock. But who knows? Maybe behind closed doors, he's like, thank God I got help. Yeah. Yeah, you need help, you need help in this league, man. You need help in this league. And, and as you said... I didn't expect him to, to just come out and be like, yeah, I failed, I choked. You know, obviously he's not going to say that. And we, the fans, say that because he did. But he, he tried to sugarcoat it by saying he overcomplicated things. And I think at, at times, yes, he was overwhelmed by the moment. I, I agree with that. But as you said, you know, keep it light, keep it pushing. But as you said, year two, the fans are going to be looking for that improvement and and that you know upgrade in performance and and hopefully a first round win i think that's what the fans are going to be looking for no doubt about it um as far as ari's call what first off what do you guys think in the chat rate ari's call as a closer for the night one through five one being the worst five being the best i'm seeing a couple fives in the chat as i said i saw a couple tomatoes but i think those are from like natural born ari haters so you know that that's a given but what do you guys think in the chat rate it one to five as he was saying, and I got his point, he's not trying to compare Ari to those guys. I think his point was that um, sometimes it takes some time for these guys' games to really round out and, and you know who they are. 
But obviously, if if RJ is going to be in that conversation of those guys, it's it's all going to come from the pull-ups, as we said. It's all going to come from the pull-ups. And, and you know, can, can he take a leap there? As you said, he's working on that shot. He's working on it. So so let's see what happens next season. So that yeah. that's Ari's X factor. Right. That's why sometimes people, when you see, and that's why sometimes, you know, when we do what we have to do, it's it sometimes is 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 not easy because yeah. when you say certain names, people react a certain way. Right. They automatically they forget your player. whole perspective, yeah, yeah. and they just say, "You said Kobe, right. or you said this," and they automatically look at that player and they forget the substance in the middle. Uh-huh. And Ari was you know, alluding to the statistical improvements and the time that it takes, and maybe this is the potential trajectory that R.J. Barrett. Could have so Correct. Ari covered all the bases and uh, I, I thought it was, a, it, was yeah. a, it was a good call. Yeah, good call by Ari, man. Good call, man. So, with that being said, JD, media day is in the books. First day of practice tomorrow. Hey, if if there's anything that comes out of it, we'll we'll be back on to discuss. First preseason game is October fifth. And also on October 5th, you're going to find out if you're coming to the Knicks home opener with me, JD, Ari, the girls at Knicks Omni fan, Papa Left, the whole cast of characters. We're going to be on and popping from 4.30 for the pregame show all the way to the garden for the game and then the postgame show, obviously all on Knicks Fan TV. Number one show for the fans, by the fans, the best or nothing. I want to shout out, got you open for the Super Chat. I want to shout out Corey Lee for the super chat. He says, uh, I think he was talking about Derrick Rose. He says he knows his role. So no doubt. Shout out Junior Karoma. He says, come on, Kohler. F the Nets. I think he was talking to Ice Water. I wouldn't watch that crap in my life depending on it. So there goes Junior Karoma's answer. All right. Uh, remember to sign up for the home opener giveaway. You guys got to go to KnicksFanTV.com and just sign up. It's free to enter. Just sign up and you'll find out. If you win after the Knicks versus Pacers preseason game on October 5th, once again, it's sponsored by my guys at Forzano Law Firm. And once again, Knicks fans, if you guys have been injured in a car accident, construction accident, trip and fall, slip and fall, nursing home incident, my guys at Forzano Law Firm will help you on the road to monetary compensation. They offer free consultation and free representation unless you get paid. So go to ForzanoLaw.com for a 24-hour live assistant, or you can call them up, 718-372-1397. Ask for uh, Anthony and David. Let them know CP the franchise sent you. You can go in person, 271 Avenue U in Brooklyn, one block from the eight, from the F train. So shout out my guys at Forzano Law for sponsoring the giveaway once again. And we'll find out on October 5th. Uh, JD, as I said, man, I, I went to the Meadowlands yesterday. I intended to get a, a good tailgate in. I did that. Came home, slept for 12 hours, man. Slept for like a baby. I was in there getting it in, throwing it back. I, I did run into a fan of the show at, at my tailgate party, so shout out to him. Forgot his name. But uh, either way, uh, I went there for the intention to get my tailgate on and go salute my quarterback. I, I had a feeling my team was going to find a way to lose, and they did just that. In one play... Cordell Patterson was it Patterson that broke the tackle and put him in field goal oh man all of a sudden Cordell Patterson now is Barry Sanders he's found new life in the league right resurrected his career 
and, and and it's it's just it's just the Giants, man. It's it's over. Stick a fork in them. I don't know where we go from here, man. It's a lost cause, and uh, I was content with it. I, I left out of there disappointed, hungover, tired, but but you know okay. Just just knowing that this, this team just doesn't have it, and I can move forward full time on the Knicks. And the Yankees. The Yankees are playing well. Shout out to Stanton and Judge, man. Bronx Bombers are fighting for the playoffs, so that's exciting. But nothing exciting about New York Giants football right now, bro. Nothing at all. It's it's unbelievable, man. Danny Jones hasn't thrown an interception in three games, and yet we're 0-3. You can't make this up. Can't make <laughs> the it guy up. has improved in the turnover department, your quarterback, yeah. and we're still not winning. Um, and I mean, the whole New York football scene is not looking pretty right now. Looking Shout out ugly, to Alex Rotaros. <laughs> looking ugly, bro. We so lost, we lost Martinez to the ACL. Martinez is gone. That's my guy. Right. We, we already lost Nick Gates. They don't know if Nick Gates is ever going to play football again. His football injury was so bad. They didn't even show Gates' uh, leg injury last week. It was that bad. Usually they show it, even if you got like, you know, bends his knee backwards. They'll sometimes they'll show it. They say Gates are so bad, they're not even gonna show it. Yeah, I, I did some research. I've I saw it. It's I, I when I saw it, I saw why they didn't oh, show it. Man, yeah, I, I couldn't <laughs> see that. It um, did not look good. You know, we, we might have Sterling and, and Sterling, obviously you knew it was a matter of time before Sterling got hurt. I don't even know why I started him in fantasy. Now you got Sterling and Slayton hurt. But I thought Tony looked good in in his couple of snaps. I thought I thought Tony looked all right on the field. I thought too. I thought so too. But then again, we didn't we didn't use him enough. Yeah, you know, we didn't it's use him enough. Unbelievable. And I think the snap counts came. He he played like a sixty something percent of the snap counts on offense. Yeah. Yet he didn't, didn't get many him. targets didn't when he received the ball. When they designed plays for him, he looked good. But yeah. there wasn't enough of that. So. It's just it, it, it's 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 not looking good, man. Um, it looks like we got hoodwinked, bamboozled by yeah. Joe Judge. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, but Joe Judge, Mister, everything is perfect. Everything is fine. We're learning. We're doing well. Come on, man. You you gotta have to stop sugarcoating stuff, man. It don't look good. And now the only hope, if 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 you want me to give you one percent of hope, just one right. percent. The only hope is the Eagles just got smoked last uh, tonight by oh, by Dallas. That's good. They lost two games in a row. They're one and two. Washington doesn't look too good. They're already yeah. call, you know, they're already calling for Ron Rivera's head, and some of the fans are even upset at Chase Young for whatever reason. Oof, um, lovely, they're lovely. zero and three. So, hey, Dallas looks. It looks like it's Dallas division to lose, but you know, you never know. I guess, but I don't know, man. Look, man. <laughs> I, I, it's one thing I I know is I'm so happy that it, yeah. When was the last time that even happened? Yeah, like the right, Knicks? right, right. Ninety-four. <laughs> Ninety-four. When was the last time we could even say that, man? When even was the last even time all those, say that, man? even all those Eli teams, like they were right there, nine and seven. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they were, it was something to look forward to. But the last time that I said, "Yeah, I can't wait for the Knicks," <laughs> it's ugly, man. So and Tommy Beer asked a uh, very good question on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Who's the first team that's going to get their first win? The Knicks, the Jets, or the Giants? Might be the the way that the way the the schedule's looking in the middle is it's going to be ugly, man. I think the Knicks will get it way before them. Honestly, that, man, that, that's kind of crazy to even say yeah. to even think about. Like, yeah, 
You still got to wait for the Knicks nah. to play. And you're over here asking who's going to get their first win. Good, I'll be man. back next week, man. But for the rest of the week, I'm down bad, man. I'm uh, I'm just forget about it. By next Sunday, I'll be back up to my spirits. I, I you know, I can't, I can't not, I can't turn away, JD. I'm not gonna miss a game, but uh, I'm just, I'm just disappointed, man. And if we win next week, we're gonna bring up all these scenarios to try to, oh yeah, bring ourselves. Didn't I tell you this when you when the... you and Smell came on? It it'll be the <laughs> typical zero and two, zero and three, and then you looking at the playoff schedule. You looking at the schedule like, well, if we win this game, win this game, win this game, yep. we got a shot at the wild card. If there's a division to do it, is this one? Yeah, so. it might be, might be. Bro. Hopefully they hopefully they win this week. But man, CP, I can't wait for the Knicks. Yeah. I can't wait for the first practice highlights yeah. to come yeah. out. I just can't wait. Stay tuned tomorrow, people. Uh, and we'll check you, man. If anything relevant comes out, we'll be back, man. Same time, same place.